0: everyone, welcome to episode 327 of This is Whole Life and I was trying to think before we sat down today. We have a special guest, one of my favorite people at Whole life Church. Stanton Reed. welcome Stanton. Thank you Randy. Have you been on the podcast before? I have not. You have not. That's right. I couldn't remember because you know you and I have talked podcasts for a long, long time. So how many
1: how <laughs> many episodes are we in now? And this is
0: three twenty seven, and this is three forty two, including bonus episodes. I feel like this is a little bit of
1: an oversight. This is the first time he's been here,
0: <laughs> right? Like no one's invited him to preach in six years. I mean, that's got to be. That's got to be something wrong with that plan. So, well, we rectified it either way. And now if you missed the message, I'm just going to invite you right now. Swipe up in today's show notes and you will find our sister podcast, Speaking of Grace, and you will find Stanton's message in its entirety. And it's already up as we're recording. So you will be. there's no chance that you won't find it when you swipe up. Now, before we begin, last week, Randy made a big error. And he promised something that wasn't true. So I'm, I'm going to take full ownership of this. It was something I thought was true, was not true. And um, we have a, a long time, uh, longtime listener, Cecilia Maxson, who wrote into the show, and she took me to task. So I'm just going to go ahead and, and take my medicine, and I'm going to read it now. So we're, we're, going to, we're going to start with there first. All right. It starts out, Randy, Randy, Randy. See? See where yeah. this yeah you see that I was already on whole slash Andy on the wall, ready to pay my nineteen ninety-five plus shipping and handling for podcast swag, and my dreams were dashed upon the rocks by a four hundred four webpage error. This is just like when you promised to autograph pictures in the church lobby that time. <laughs> Fool me once. Get my papers. I'm old-fashioned. Papering it today, people. uh, Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. But seriously, love you guys, and keep doing what you're doing, Cecilia.
1: So she's telling you to keep lying to her. Is that what? Maybe. So maybe.
0: So you know, I I, we were gonna do the. You know, it really. Now I'm
1: probably gonna get the Ken, Ken,
0: Ken (laughs) email. (laughs) It was Gerald's idea. I mean, someone made a joke about it that we should sign autographs. In the lobby. And then Gerald said, You really need to get some headshots printed and you need to do that. And we were kind of thinking about doing it during Christmas and then everything kind of got crazy. And, and we didn't do it. And so I had totally forgotten it. And then I thought, well, we, you know, no one else has ever said anything. So who wants who wants signed, right, whatever? So Cecilia, I am completely serious. If Cecilia
1: you, remembers these things. She, she pays does. attention. She's a very, and uh, Raison as well. I know. And they, both, and they, they pay wait. attention.
0: They wait. When we have bonus episodes, it's like, man, you're making me wait all the way till Friday. That's, That's how right. invested they are. Yeah. That's nice. So they're awesome listeners and just awesome people. I love to see them. These are some of my favorite lobby conversations. Now, Stanton, you
1: know, you know who these you know who this is, right? I would
2: have to see They are the ones
1: during first service who who took your advice <laughs> from a previous week and said, Good
2: morning,
1: Stanton. <laughs> so yeah, there you yes. yeah. you go.
2: I know exactly who you're talking That's about. Right. And it was very special when it happened first service. I it cracked those. Nice. I liked it. I thought that it was great. I was like, Okay. Yeah. All right. Makes so, you feel loved, right? A lot of love.
1: They do a good job of that. Yes, they yep. do. They do. Yes, they so do. So
0: now, maybe since you've kind of gotten some love from that group, maybe what we also, you know, we may have to include you in the signing now. So, <laughs> so we're going to have to get headshots. We're going to have to get headshots of everyone, you know, and just make it so, you know, maybe oh, this. It. Maybe I was thinking, is Thanksgiving too pretentious? Like you're thankful for the podcast, you're thankful for us like that's when we should do it. Or is this really like you can't Turkey wait, Day. Turkey Day. <laughs> yeah. Three turkeys. <laughs> three turkeys. That
2: actually so works pretty good. That
0: does work. So maybe we'll maybe we'll make that work for I'm sure we, can we, get we should. Maybe we should
1: get it maybe we should try to get a picture, a group picture.
0: And have everyone sign of the group.
1: everybody who's been on the podcast I could do it. I could do it pretty y- cool. this year because I yeah. mean the, Well, that would be hard to get Dan to come back, wouldn't it? Well, maybe for that picture, we could take the one out of his announcement and we could just Photoshop him in. (laughs) in. I'm sure he wouldn't mind that. That'd be fine.
0: (laughs) One way or another, Cecilia, you might be the only one that wants the headshots, and so even if I got to print off three and do that, you know, just just hit me back up in that text message, and we'll make sure that you get one. And then, you know, maybe we'll see about just for fun on Turkey Day. But anyway, back to the message at hand. You're always just a little bit tense. At least I am when we start to talk about when the word awareness comes out, it's all it's immediate like, oh, boy, here's something else that I'm not aware of that I'm not aware of (laughs) that I should probably be aware of. And that, you know, are people going to judge me because I'm not aware or am I aware of the wrong thing? Like I might my I'm off somehow, because if it's going to be Stanton or Ken, I'm just naturally assuming that y'all are smarter than me. And then I have some catching up to do. So we are family. So, okay, we love you. We're hugging you. We're letting you know that. But then we're going to drop the awareness on you. And it's a little bit of a velvet sledgehammer because there you know that there's something coming behind it. And then Stanton goes into diversity and you're like, uh-oh, uh-oh. Now we're going to talk about diversity and we're going to be aware about it. That means everyone in the room immediately, if you watch, you just look around and you just see eyes kind of doing the... Side to side. (laughs) Is anybody else looking? Is anybody else thinking that maybe they're a little uncomfortable or maybe people around them are uncomfortable? But at Whole Life Church, we don't shy away from those from those conversations. And I appreciated that immediately you you started out with what's our common denominator in diversity? So immediately, like, okay, we're gonna put it out there, but then right away you said Here's why we're together. It's Jesus is the common denominator. Our diversity is a benefit that we both know that we both share the same Jesus. And you you talked about the disciples being kind of a motley crew, but they came together around Jesus. And that was that was probably the part that made me feel most comfortable. It's like, well, if the disciples, yeah, (laughs) they were that's a that's a diverse group happening there too. And, And Not that things were in family, not that they're always, you know, copacetic on every occasion. but, And I thought, okay, so Stanton's coming at this, we're sharing a Jesus, but how have you experienced this commonality and applied it and lived it at Whole Life Church,
2: this diversity that you're talking about? Well, you know, I've been at Whole Life Church for almost 30 years, so that's a well-kept secret. 30 years. I was at John Knox. I came just as we moved or the church had moved from off of what was then Florida Hospital property. Property, right, yeah. And then moved to John Knox as the current location was being built. So how I experienced, it was a conscious decision Mm -hmm. to be at that time in an uncomfortable space. We have... Like most religions, we have blacks, we have whites, we have Hispanics, Filipino. I mean, any group that feels they want to be together. Want to be a part of it. And I wanted to be in an environment where I place myself, even if I had to make it, in a diverse environment. So I attend Patents Chapel. I attend Whole Life. And it's been fun and a journey because those are like three decades. And if you look at the decades, each time... We have learned various things. I mean, whole life been with Andy, Thomas Chapel, different ministers. So it's really been a good journey for me to expose me to other stories and cause me to listen and pause. That's probably the biggest thing I continue to learn is I have to pause and listen and appreciate the stories of others. So it's been good overall. And my the biggest thought partner is Tammy Cincomani. We've had a a history together and it has turned out to be fantastic.
0: So is there anyone that doesn't I mean, I know we might come at this from different angles just based on how we were raised and but is there anyone that doesn't benefit from being immersed in a, like here, the you know, like you mentioned, a melting pot, and Orlando might be the might be one of the biggest melting pots we have in this country. Is there anyone that doesn't benefit from it or somehow come out the other side better?
2: Like anything else, you get what you put in. So okay. if you come with a very closed mindset, then I would say you're not going to benefit. But if you come with uh, curiosity. I think you can't help but benefit. I was listening to uh, Tim Keller, who is a retired minister, I believe, in the Presbyterian Church. And he was talking about this subject matter. And he brought something up that I hadn't really thought about. He said, you really can't get to know people unless you know them in a group. Okay. And what he was saying is, your wife knows you from one angle. I know you from another. Randy knows you from another. So could you imagine when we get together, we get to know more about you as a whole? Mm -hmm. He used the same thing as he was in Romans, and he was just talking about how Paul was saying, everybody thinks it's about meat, but those who are eating meat and not and vegetables. And he was really saying the call is to be with each other. And to carry each other. In order to do that, you got to listen. And only in groups and curiosity can you find out more. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we shy away from that, you know? I yeah. may hear you and I want to always agree with you, or I don't want to stir anything up. Yeah. But it's when you stir things up that you learn, if you choose and you're open. So I kind of said, wow. I listened to him after I shared at church, and I was like, okay. <laughs> Uh, that's aff- that's affirming <laughs> that I was I'm, I'm thinking the yeah. same way and as I said before melting pot is more you know homogeneous so yeah. what would life be like and and we do that that's why we have churches where similarities I mean you go where you have similar thought but what happens when you mix things up yeah sometimes it be uncomfortable but you learn a lot but if you choose well like you said it, it's what you
0: put in is what you're going to get out. But for someone like me who grew up in the Midwest with, I mean, there was no melting pot. It was, it was all white all the time. It was, you know, like 95% or some ridiculous percentage over 90% of basically everyone was from Eastern Europe. Poland was one of the biggest Polish communities, I think at the time, anywhere in America. and. You don't meet people that look different than you. I mean, you might have thought differences and different differences of opinion, but it seems like when we get into the cultural things that we don't understand, that we all kind of hold dear. And then it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You don't have to like what I like. You don't have to like the same kind of cars. You don't have to like the same kind of music. But if you're going to talk about what I believe and what I like, traditions and things like that in my culture... I get a little bit you know I get I raise up a little bit <laughs> the hair in my back like wait a minute you just don't understand that's why you don't like it or that's why you just don't understand it so how do we help people that maybe just don't have that. Like they, they don't even know how to put into the to this because it may be newer to them, or maybe they've avoided it and they're they're afraid to be in that place where you're like, yeah. Sometimes you got to stir it up to make thing, to make things go. And then like the last thing I want to do, first off, you know, maybe I don't even like crowds of people, but I certainly don't want to go and stir it up and then make things uncomfortable. Ugh. How do we how do we initiate these kinds of stirring up conversations? Maybe it's not a like a, a maybe it's not a beater like you're mixing in a bowl. Maybe you're just using a spoon. Like we're just gonna you know we're just gonna like mix the milk with the coffee. We're not gonna go whip up a whole bowl of fruit salad. <laughs> to use one of yours yes, from this past weekend. <laughs> true.
2: Well, I'd say we have the Bible is replete with those type of opportunities. I mean, most of the people who were introduced to Jesus wasn't like they were magnets all the time. Mm. And when they were, they were confronted with security, which in the disciples, I think about the woman who touched the hem of his garment, totally overlooked by the disciples, almost telling Jesus, really, you yeah. you feel somebody touching you, not really understanding who he really is, mm. And just the power he has and he was on the way because someone said to him, we have a situation and he was making his way and he stopped. So, I mean, that's contentious in and of itself. Didn't we share with you that we are on a mission? And he says, in essence, by not responding, he's telling them that's that's not my mission right now. So when you ask about people in the Midwest, you don't have to confront anything until you have to confront it. That's true. When it's your present truth or reality, and then the question is, are you able to reflect? Are you able to really go at, it's uncomfortable because it's uncomfortable to me because it challenges my thoughts. Well, depending on how you relay it, no one's going to take you out because you say, hey, I have this problem point of view. And I go, hmm, tell me more. Yeah. Where did that come from? And you might say, we did these things. It's like, interesting. This is how we dealt with this when we did this. And so you just begin to have a clear understanding. doesn't mean that we're changing our ideals about anything, but what it does is it exposes us to larger thought. new no ideas. And for the most part, I always think that then when time lapses, that's when you really start thinking. It's kind of like a meal. When it first comes off the oven, it's got one taste. When it comes out tomorrow out of the refrigerator, <laughs> it's got another taste. <laughs> it's got another taste. I yeah, mean, you know, the yeah, ingredients yeah, yeah. have yeah. settled in, and that's kind of how we are. Well, you know, I've
0: appreciated getting to know you. The you know someone uh, they asked someone asked me in the chat this week how many years I've been at Whole Life Church, and I said, well, wait a minute. Let me uh, see how many episodes of the podcast there are. Divide that by 52. <laughs> and uh, that gets me pretty close. So about six and a half years, uh, six years, I think. And we were early on, but I think we, our, our membership has been here about six and a half years. And I'm, I'm, I remember meeting you for the first time, like this guy with the bow tie. I, I need to meet him. And we've had some conversations over time that weren't always comfortable, but they weren't uncomfortable. And that's a reflection on you of allowing me to ask questions. Atara is another member here at our church that is, has been very gracious to me about things when it comes to diversity that I don't know. And, and sometimes she's just said, look, I'm not explaining that to you. <laughs> and that's okay, right? That's okay. And then later she's come back and said, you know what? I will explain it to you because I like you. And you know, you trusted me with something that that I said and you know, you start to build that little bit of rapport. So it doesn't always I think the the fear and like the apprehension is, ooh, this could be bad. But well, it could be
2: good though too. This is a good point. Tell me your your youngest daughter's name. Emily. Okay, Emily. I remember flipping the script now and saying, Okay, how do I talk to Randy mm. yeah. about Emily? I don't know what to say. What if I say the wrong thing? What if I say something totally dumb and then he believes that I just don't understand? That's one approach. Or I said, hey, Randy, I'm not familiar with people with uh, disabilities or uh, learning. And I just asked you, I say, how do I reference that to even understand yeah. What may be happening? And once we did that, you began to share with me, hey, if you want to know anything, just ask me. Yeah. And there's a way to ask me. And then you gave me examples of here's what not to do. Here's what you can do. And I, my thought was because the more I understand, the better I can relate. Yeah. And that's the same. That That's when we talk about awareness and we showed those pictures, awareness is the obvious when we look at each other, but they're internal things that we don't know. Yeah. And so I use that example for you. So here I am. I, I mean, what do you do with that? Yeah. Well, I leaned in and trusted that I didn't have anything of any malicious at- intent. I said, I don't know. Yeah. I like that as an entry
0: point, is you know, first off, excuse my ignorance for what I don't know. And this may be, and if I'm off base, just like tell me I'm off base and, and like, why? And like, I always appreciated, uh, and uh, you've done it with me. atar has done it with me, um, where it would be better if you approached it this way or said this. And then you feel like, again, we're having a dialogue, we're learning and and when it comes from a place of love, which you you talked about in the message, and I love the fruit salad versus the smoothie analogy because I love a good fruit salad, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest, I love, a, I love a good smoothie better because a good smoothie is more comfortable. I mean, my wife puts all kinds of crazy, she puts beets, <laughs> she puts celery, Ooh. like things I would never put in my body on a fork or with my fingers. But if you hide it in a good tasting smoothie with peanut butter and some other things that will disguise it, I'll drink anything. I mean, if it tastes good, I'll eat it. But if I have a fruit salad, I can see what's in the fruit salad. And I'm like, ooh, I'm gonna pick around that. I'm not gonna do this, I'm not gonna do that. And I think that's where we can't, we can't see inside. We can't see what's inside of a inside that other person. And sometimes Mm, Put that toe in the water because I think a lot of times we're genuinely curious. We really want to know, but man, we don't want to offend. And I find the more that I I try to be careful or be cautious or be loving with my words when you're approaching stuff like this, that sometimes the more I tend to put my foot in my mouth because you're. It's almost like you're talking in a place that you just don't you don't feel like you belong. And then things happen. So I, I love the fact that there's that there's grace involved and that sometimes it's the obvious thing that we have to look at and go, all right, I'm going to take a bite. And, and I've loved the fact that over this last year since Ken has been here, and Andy did too, but I, I just feel like Ken has put a really, your own spin on a, a certain directness. It doesn't usually go around the mountain. Just come straight at it and say, this is what we built. You know, this is who we are. We're family. We go after it. And I think overall, I think it's been a really positive strategy. I mean, I love the messaging that no matter who, if it's Danton preaching or it's Ken or last week it was Andy and Jordan who also made the the garment, uh, the woman with the with the hem. I think that was in his message and that was really powerful the way he tied it all together. And I just feel like as a whole, we're creating this safe place on purpose And it's a place that you don't find very often. So then it is, okay, I can talk to you, but boy, I don't know who I'd talk to if I went outside the walls of my church. (laughs) That makes Right here, you can't see it, but I'm rubbing my hands together because it makes my hands sweaty because we have a trust. How do you do this when you don't have, I mean, Ken, you must run in as a pastor, you must run into a ton of people. How do you have those conversations where in different walks where it's like oof that kind of I'm not sure where to start or that makes my hands sweaty because I don't want to I want to put my best foot forward. I want people to see as much Jesus as possible in me.
1: Uh, I mean I think a lot of it comes down to what you're saying Randy is that we want to put our best foot forward and we interpret that to mean that it needs to be comfortable. I think that there are certain conversations that we have to embrace discomfort inside the, um, special forces and various military units that special force type of units, they, they have a saying that it's embrace the suck. Mm. And it's this idea that you have to embrace the pain that you're going through to get where you want to be and where you need to be. And I think that one of the things that when you said, do I have to talk to people that in situations? Yeah, all the time. For me, it, it is a uncomfortable conversation at times talking about racial issues given that I'm a Caucasian male. It, it's, I, I fear that I'm going to say something ignorant, and I do say <laughs> ignorant things. And I'm afraid of what that person will think of me. I'm afraid of what that will do reputationally for me. But one of the things I have to keep in mind is what my bottom line goal is. My bottom line goal is to become a better follower of Jesus. And being a better follower of Jesus means that I have to love the people that Jesus loved, which is everybody. And so for me, that means that I need to embrace those difficult conversations and understand that it is going to be uncomfortable. It is. It just is. Yeah. And I can either go ahead and stay away from it because it's uncomfortable and not grow, or I can lean into the discomfort and grow. And I think that part of that is is I don't think that you can just necessarily walk up to somebody from a different place in life, whether that's you know, walking up to you, Randy, and and saying, Well, tell me all about what it's like to be the parent of <laughs> a child who who may have some special needs. Probably best to to develop a relationship with Randy and and know Randy. And then you can ask those questions in a respectful manner that sometimes will be ignorant, but at least the person knows that you're your heart yeah. is in, in, the, the, right in the right place. Yeah. Stan and I try to have a meal together every month, and um, and we have really good conversations. And, and sometimes they're really fun, and and there, there's some that are they're just a little uncomfortable hmm. at yeah. times, but they're helpful, and I always grow from it. And and that's the thing: when you're around people that look like you and think like you all the time, you will not grow—at least not to the same extent that you will grow if you're if you're around people that look different than you think different than you, vote different than you you put yourself in those situations and it's not so that you're it's not necessarily for the because you're wrong and you need your your opinion to be changed as much as you need to put yourself there so you understand what other people are thinking so that you can understand maybe you are wrong but maybe you're right too yeah and you can understand and and think and have a position that's not just parroting what you've been taught to say within the culture that you grew up in with the you know within that thought process that, that you've always been in so yeah i and i think that probably one of the advantages that i have i'm most people won't know this about well maybe they do i i say it enough i'm an introvert by i'm and i'm i'm a pretty good introvert too and so for me, it's always uncomfortable to go up and talk to someone I don't know, always. <laughs> like, I don't enjoy it. Um, so for me, always coming to a new church is always a little hard, because it always is uncomfortable for me to go and start a conversation with somebody that I don't know. Yeah. And it's something that I've actually had to teach myself over the years, teach myself to force myself to just go and get the ball rolling. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ken, <laughs> and you are. And tell me about you. I think being a uh, you know working in news helped me out with that. I learned how to really have to force myself to to do things I didn't want to do, mm. um, to to ask people awkward questions that you don't know, you just
0: don't want to do. <laughs> you don't want to answer, yet. but.
1: um but yeah, that's a long answer to your short
0: question. No, I think that's a it's a an encompassing answer, and <laughs> Thank you. I'm going
1: to go with that from now on. Uh, somebody says I'm long winded.
0: I'm saying, no, I, it was an encompassing answer. <laughs> yeah. You like oh, that? I do. I love that. I want to put that on the whiteboard.
1: That is some uh, here. It's uh, <laughs> this is whole life. We give <laughs> encompassing answers. <laughs> answers.
0: <laughs> I'm going to have Ellie put that on my whiteboard. Encompassing. That'll be the word for the week. One thing I wanted to ask, as you referenced, you know, I remember distinctly when you asked me about Emily, and coincidentally, it was a week when somebody else asked me about Emily, and I don't, I don't believe they overheard our conversation, so maybe it was just coincidence. I, I can't say for sure. And they didn't do it with uh, near the grace or the tact that you did, and I remember being a little just a little mad inside. Like, well, that's a great way to ask a question. And then it's like, no, if I'm going to be an advocate, right. And her dad, I have to, you know, just be, say what you have to say. Like, well, you know, you really, I mean, if you were to ask someone in our community of people with unique abilities and, and things that you, and then, you know, of course those words always change, you know, what what are you supposed to use? Is it disabilities? Is it unique abilities? Is it special needs? And everybody has an opinion. So you're already behind the eight, eight balls, it is, because you know you're not going to get it right because it changes so fast. And I found over time it's gotten easier to help people. Like I can tell when someone wants to ask a question and it's just like, come on, go for it. I'll even ask, like, you know, look like you got something to say. Just just spill it. I'll, I'll, I'll be cool about it. Towards the end of the message, you mentioned progress and perfection. And that, you know, we want progress over perfection. Hmm. But there's a part of me that hates that so bad because I just, I want to do it and I want to do it right. And so what would you tell someone that maybe is just going, I don't know about this, you know, progress over uh, perfection, because that puts me in some eh, potentially dangerous waters. And as someone who, again, has been gracious, and I assume from how I know you that you're gracious with everyone that would come into contact with you asking someone seriously asking questions. Does it get easier to have those conversations over time? Do you, do we, it does that progress, maybe not reach perfection, but does the progress get us to a point where it's not quite as difficult? We get a little bit better at it and I'm sure that's a lot of prayer and a lot of other things that go into it, but does it get a little easier Or is it always kind of at the beginning? How
2: is it always the same for you? Well, for me, it's knowing myself better. So -hmm. it really has nothing to do with anybody else. It's knowing myself. And so if you come up with, quote unquote, a a question that you are worried, am I going to ask it the right way? Over time, I'm receiving it saying, so what about that question is impacting me? Because that's on them. So how do I engage? Because that's who the person is. If they're obnoxious, they're an obnoxious person. Yeah. So how do I embrace that, or how do I go? Hmm. In my heart, that question caught me on a day where, like you said, some other people have already filled my space. So it really had nothing to do with your question. It's just that that question was asking a that I'm I'm tired. <laughs> but that's me yeah so when i slow down and say and be present i can acknowledge that's about me so let's and this is happening in seconds let's deal with that and then before i get snarky i give you a great example great example have you ever been snarky oh yeah that's on. Un- <laughs> yeah <laughs> i give you a great example when i first met ken I was, when I first met no, I know
1: exactly I was thinking about this. When I
2: first met Ken. <laughs> I had shared with him that I, I believe that I was the um, interim campus president. Okay. And what I believe I heard, and he may not have said it this way, but this is how I heard it is do you have a PhD? Now, I don't know why he asked that, but I know the voices that were in my head. I just said, how did a white guy just, what, because you see me and I need to have a PhD? And, I, and then I stopped and I said, I don't know why he asked me that, but I do know that I need to go back and have a conversation with him so that I can find out, because the baggage I have is I don't have a PhD. And now I'm in that posture of, but I do all these things. I'm like, you know why I got that job? Because there was something that they saw— And that's why I had a job. Yeah. And I got to be okay with that because I I don't have a PhD. So he, that's a fair question. No, I don't. I could have responded. No, I don't. And Hmm. then he would have had a response, whatever. So I left and I was, I was hot as fish grease inside. Don't know. And I said, you know what? I'm going to come back to him. And I did. And I said, hey, the comments that you made through me, but I'm interested why you ask. Now he said, hey. I've always wanted to do a Ph.D. Mm. And so I was asking you that if you had one and I took that to mean that we would have more conversation. Gotcha. Now, I also have to be aware that that could have been the first answer. He went home and said, hmm, let me think about would I have asked that if it had been David? Okay. Yeah, I don't know. And I also have to check myself to say not everything is about black and white and Spanish and Asian. Sometimes people, most of the time, it's humanity, and that's why I said, and I say this to myself: Can I look at Ken and say, "Hmm, he's created in the image of God"? That means that he has God-like characteristics. So as I'm talking to him, if this was God. How would I, would would if God had asked me, I had a PhD, I would say, no, Lord, I don't have a PhD, but should I have one? I mean, my posture, I want to believe just becomes meek and humble. Now, Ken's not God, but he's creating the image. Does it change my response about me? Then I had to ask myself, how do I value myself? There's a tinge of I don't totally value myself. I'm not mm-hmm. totally sure about myself. So he has asked a question that in this field, that's how people bring um how should I say that's how you add value because I have this terminal degree, and therefore, therefore, what? You have a terminal degree that that's all you have. And that's not I'm not diminishing it. I applaud. But I can't wear it like a badge. It it's still it's not who I am. Mm-hmm. And I had to learn that through other things. I mean, if you are a physician and then all of a sudden you can't practice, that's tough because if that's who you say you are, then you've died. Yeah, there's nothing. Now left. what do you do? Well, you gotta figure out how to live. So I so to answer your question, does it get easy? It only gets easy when I can be curious about myself mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm and then be okay with we're in conversation i mean think about it (laughs) the rich young ruler is portrayed as a pompous individual as sometimes we preach and god could have said why are you asking me ridiculous questions just ask me you think i'm god or or not not?" Mm -hmm. and we could go there but he didn't he said okay all the stuff you're saying is true (laughs) But how about you let all that go and follow me? Mm -hmm. Yeah. How uncomfortable (laughs) is that? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's, yeah, that's unvarnished. That's truth. I don't know how it's said, but the words are, get rid of all of that and follow me. I love how you said that. And that was when you were ahead of me
0: in my script (laughs) or kind of what I wanted to finish on was seeing each other as made in the image of God, because if we really do believe and we are trying to get closer to Jesus, we're trying to make that relationship tighter and more meaningful all the time, then we can't help but see people in that way because it and what we've and we've talked a lot about it on the podcast this year it, it, uh, it all of the things we've been talking about seem to come back to what is my personal view of myself because i can't see you for what you are and the creation that you are even though i might think you're amazing and i do think you're amazing But it's still, there's that little piece inside that always tells you, well, I'm not really good enough, or this is a place where I wish I was better. And then those just tend to be projected because I think, like you mentioned, we know people on either side that will make it about one or the other. The people on this side that make it about black and white, that make these people on both sides. And there's no room, there's no common ground until you Put Jesus in the middle and make it that common, like you started out the message with, and that really stuck with me. And just how important our relationship is with with Jesus every single day that makes that a reality. And then I think you start to notice, and other people notice, that you think a little bit not high of yourself, but that you're comfortable in your skin and you can admit when I don't have a degree. I've often felt that same thing, like in your story, where after a while, it's like God doesn't care at the end of the day. And if it was something important, not that it's, it couldn't be important, but I just haven't made it to that level or made that part. It doesn't make me less of a person or make somebody else better, but finding that comfort in ourselves. And I think we only do that when we really stop and listen to Jesus and we really take time to do that. And that's, that's a whole nother sermon, but that's a whole nother <laughs> issue that we struggle with. And so, and the slowing sessions, which I am super, super sad I missed this past week. Um We have four more. Did you get four more?
2: We have four more. All right. So see? you could sign up now.
0: Oh, all right. Four more. Well, I will. Don't I, waste time. I'm not gonna waste time. I uh, I signed up for my tickets for the second session while I was at the first and then uh, circumstances moved around us, but
1: I kinda wanna add a little bit to what yeah. Stanton said because I think it's it's such a, a good point. We all hear what's said, and sometimes we correctly hear what's said. <laughs> yeah. Correctly read between the lines. You know, I was just sitting here really pondering what if I asked David that question? I don't have to go home and chew on that one. You know, as I'm thinking about that, because I know the answer that, that I gave him was the answer that, you know, that he shared was the answer I gave him. And that's what I thought. But, you know, back of my mind is, is there something else there? I'll have to think about that. I don't think so, but none of us want to think that there could be that, you know, and sometimes there is, even though we don't want to think it. So, to the point is that there's the things that people say um, that sometimes are are innocent, and then there's the things that people say that are, are meant to pull us down and to remind us of, of the box that they think we need to fit into, mm, yeah. whether we're more or less. And I think um, you know, education certainly can be one of those things. I know that one of the things that will get me to bristle kind of quickly is when somebody else says, so what year were you at seminary? Well, I, I didn't go, oh, and <laughs> that, that oh, and and it's, and I feel like, oh, well, yeah, I'm just, I'm just as good as, yeah. you know, I've, I've, I've worked hard in my life and I've, I've, and so I totally relate with, with how Stanton felt when sure. I asked the yeah. question the way I asked it. I wasn't trying to be offensive, but I totally, if I were in his shoes, I would have felt the but, same uh, way. Yeah, felt the same and, way. And so, um and so... I think part of that is also in these difficult conversations is owning it. Yeah, I'm sorry. I made you feel uncomfortable. Wow. I don't think I had bad intent. Maybe I did. I don't know. But whatever the case is, I want to be friends, and I want to go ahead and um, know you and know how to better communicate. But I think it is one of the things we just have to really think about is— There's the things that people say that that we get right, and there's the things that we put on them because of where we've come from and the the reactions we've had from other people. I really like what you said, Stanton, about it's about me. Um, And it's my reaction, how am I feeling, and it's not going to be, I'm not going to make it as much about you as I'm going to make it about me. You can really chew on that one for a while.
2: And that's what I meant at the uh, when I said the last part about privilege. I know we're in we're in a space right now. We are in a space right now, be- definitely in Florida, where white privilege and the things that are mentioned like that are now seeming to be taken as now I'm dumping on someone else and making them feel a certain way, and I've participated in that and on Sabbath. I actually was like, wow, the privilege is to be part of the family of God. Mm, And do I exercise that privilege, which means do I exercise grace? Do I exercise love? Do I exercise Christ holding me accountable? Do I exercise asking for forgiveness when I jump on someone and I've had No idea of what, like I said to um, earlier to Ken, you know, in the context of David, I don't know if David had said, hey, I've switched over and now I am the president of Valencia College. And he just met him when he said, do you have a Ph.D.? I I don't know. Now, in my small sphere, I, I don't have an answer for that, but I could in my head say he probably wouldn't. Well, that's because of me, yeah, yeah, and my not feeling the recognition that God has me in spaces for His purpose, purpose. and I can't, I can't reconcile that because sometimes His purpose comes with lack of my satisfaction, <laughs> yeah, it does. as I know it now. So, yeah. as you ask me, yeah, I don't know if it gets easier. It's just different when I lean in and say, you know what. There may be fear, but I've also, curiosity is what can overcome fear. Mm-hmm. And once I sh- go on the other end, I'm like, okay, I'm glad I asked. Yeah. Because yeah. now I've opened up a whole different conversation.
0: And I think most of our fears are usually based on things, at least in this case, what, things we've heard, things we've seen on TV, maybe political analysts that will tend to puff up things that aren't quite as big as they should be. And it, it prevents us from just being confident and saying, if I'm in the right place with, with Jesus as, as best I can and I'm I'm coming at it from good intentions, hopefully that comes and normally the outcomes are usually better than we than we have them made out to be in our minds because we tend to be a little doom and gloom. So sometimes and
1: sometimes you know what? Sometimes it's a lot of hurt, real life mm-hmm. hurt. Yeah that's real and that we really are experiencing meanness <laughs> Yeah, and, and and so sometimes it's hard to tell friend from foe the person who's legitimately asking a question because they care uh, versus the person who's just trying to to give it to, to you it, yeah. and I think there's a lot of hurt in the world because there are a lot of people who've been hurt pretty bad very legitimately and you know, for somebody listening to this, it's very easy when you've been, you know, if if you're the uh, pet that the pet owner repeatedly kicks, it's very easy to to see somebody that walks up that looks like that owner, and when they start to move towards you to see the foot uh-huh. coming instead of seeing the person coming to get down and and give you give you you know a little scratch behind the ears, it's hard to tell the difference because if that's what you're used to. And so it's a very difficult thing that if you've been discriminated against, if you have experienced it in very real and tangible ways, to trust to trust somebody who looks like the people that have hurt, taken advantage, and and not been kind and loving and graceful in your life. I think that's one of the things when we start talking through some of these racial issues and the conversations that have to take place between between people from different cultural backgrounds, different races, and so forth, we all are going to have to go ahead and, and recognize that the other person may respond in a way that has nothing to do with me and everything to do with the way that somebody looked before that they had to encounter. And so we can go ahead and have grace and circle back around, and that's one of the things I so appreciate about this whole thing— you know, Stanton came back and gave me the benefit of another conversation. He came back and said, "Hey, let's talk about this a little bit." Did I hear you? Did I not hear you? Gave me the chance. And one of the things I appreciate about Stanton is, I don't know if Stanton went home and thought, "I bet you he would have." I bet you would have. I bet you would have asked. Stanton. I mean, he can say what he wants to say, but I bet you, if it was David, he would have said he might have done that. But from my perspective, Stanton has always given me the benefit of the doubt on that one. That he took my word and said, "Okay, Ken, if that's what you're saying, I'll take your word for it." and give you the benefit of the doubt on that, and and has entered into relationships, and have those conversations, keep going. And so it's it's to me, it's just been a blessing to have that. And that's the kind of thing that I think we all need to start thinking about, talking to people who don't think the way that you do, who may come from a different background, and yeah, there's going to be some misunderstandings, and yeah, you're going to step it, and yeah, you're going to say the wrong thing. And sometimes you'll say the wrong thing with the wrong reason, you know? Maybe I did maybe it was David I maybe I wouldn't have asked David and and I ponder and go, yeah, you're right, I wouldn't have, but man, you would never have realized that about yourself had you not stepped in it
0: had you not yeah
1: and so that's where I think we all will just benefit from that diversity and 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 that's what the reason why you see churches that aren't diverse because people will avoid the tension that comes from being in a diverse situation. situation because it is it, there is a tension to it because it forces you out of comfort into the place where you can make a mistake and somebody can hold it over your head. Yeah. And so, but that's what I love about Whole Life. I love it that this is a, you know, not perfect, but there's a lot of grace, there's a lot of good conversations that happen and it's because there's this embracing of of having lots of different people from lots of different walks of life coming together
2: and sharing life together. Mhm. Absolutely. Thus awareness, yeah. what you have hit on and what I was saying before, you can have awareness, but you have to have action mm. to be aware and just be aware. is like then you really aren't aware because there's no action involved And that action. You know, is recognition that, hey, I am in a, an environment where people think differently than me. How am I going to relate to that? And and a knowledge. I mean, our country has been built on, in my opinion, has been built on white and black setup. And mm-hmm. I think yeah. that Satan is very effective well, he loves because it. if he can cause confusion, and if he can call, same thing with Jews, Greeks, and slaves. Christ dealt with the same thing and saying, you know what, all, all of you or all of y'all. I need (laughs) to see me because I'm the common denominator. Mm -hmm. And just like the disciples, can I sit by your high side, Jesus? (laughs) Yeah. Who gets that right hand? (laughs) Yeah. He's (laughs) like, yeah, that's not the side you really want. So I, I definitely feel that that's the journey. And whenever we can just do a trust fall backwards in the arms of Jesus, I think that's when it's uncomfortable but you know he's with you. But you know that they
0: Well, this has been a great conversation. And just speaking of, I, I the thing that keeps sticking is, you know, the being created in the image of God. And we did have one question this week before we wrap up. And it was from our good friend Jahimi who asked, how can you tell a person without hands and legs, Of being facetious, of course, that he or she is truly created in the image of God? And why so? How does someone who doesn't act like Jesus, how can we... How can you tell me that I'm truly created in the image of God when there's so many days when I fail and I don't feel like I'm anything close to that image of God? How can we tell a person that with and be serious and know that it's true and then also convey it in a way that they believe it and internalize it so they can see us and we can see them as equals as created in that image you talked about?
2: Well, it goes to me. It goes to thinking about yourself. Because when you approach somebody with that language, you're judging. You've already decided that there is a space that you want to compare to. And in this case, you're saying, well, God, and you think in perfection. I didn't say you were created as God. (laughs) The Bible (laughs) says you you were created in his image, and his image is full. And that's he created before the fall. There's a lot of other context and that's where grace leaning in. And that's the whole concept is how many times does Christ lean in to us? How many times does he do that? So for the gentleman and the question, if that is a gentleman, Mm -hmm. think of that image of God, the image of grace, the image of love, the image of acceptance. You don't have to believe what somebody's telling you, but God is asking you to lean in and accept and show love because they're also seeing the image of God in you. Mm. So you add, that's the draw. And that's the challenge because without the Holy Spirit, you can't do it. Yeah, for sure. Perfect.
1: Yeah, well, I think that, I think the other part to remember is that we are complete in Christ, right? Mm. And, My character is not like Christ, and I believe that's a part of being built in the image of God. So it's not just arms and legs that make me incomplete, (laughs) but wholeness, if we're gonna go with whole life church, wholeness doesn't come in in what I have. Wholeness comes in in who I am in. Yeah. Christ is my wholeness. Whether whether it's physical legs and arms, whether it's a bad temper... (laughs) that I would love to get rid of, um, whether it's that I need you know, more integrity in my life, my wholeness doesn't come in the fact that I don't have it. My wholeness comes in that Christ had it, has it, and I'm in Christ, which makes me complete in Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's how God sees me. Mm-hmm. God sees me in his image because he looks at Jesus when he looks at me.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Abide in me. Yep, And I will abide in you. That's John 15. That's what we talked about. And that is you can't get around. And I agree with you, Ken. We have to remind and support each other as uh, Christian to say, it's not about you. It's about who created you and who is abiding in you and you abiding in him. And that whole thing about abide just destroys individualist thinking, which is has a hold on all of us. Mm-hmm. But if we can just own that, I, I, I agree with you, Ken, it's, it's, we're so physically bound. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very good. I like it. Thank you. Jahimi as always. And if you have a question, something we said, didn't say something you'd like to add to the conversation, you can send that by text or voicemail, the 407-965-1607 or podcast at wholelife.church for the email. And Stanton threw out a little challenge to us at the end, and this was near the end of his message. He said, I want you to stand up and look around and look at somebody that before this quarter is over, before we get to Christmas, you're going to want to hear their story and just listen. You don't have to exchange different views. Just listen. And at the end, say thank you. And I thought that was a pretty cool way yeah. to just throw it out there. It's a kind of a low risk. I mean, I know if you're an introvert, interaction, <laughs> no interaction is low risk. I I understand that, but at the same time, that's a pretty cool invitation to just yeah. look around. And you know, as you go through this week, and as you keep coming through the through this end quarter, see if one week you can't just find a, a spot where God says maybe that's the person right there. Just go say hello. And just say, I'm taking Stanton up on his word and I'm 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 taking the Stanton challenge and I'm going to find out a little bit more about you and see what's happening. Maybe we have some uh, great conversations in the future. So Stanton, thanks again for a great message. Mm-hmm. I know, you know, I, I keep looking at the, at the timer and, and we've covered a lot today. And these are the kinds of conversations though, that I think people listen to and it brings them a little bit of hope that if, you know, we were a little vulnerable that, you know, we've shared these conversations and, Maybe you can just find that one person that God can put there and, and have that conversation and, and start it off. And maybe it doesn't get easier, but in, it, did, it is going to help you grow, which we, we, which we all like uh, in our lives, even though it hurts just a little bit. So this week, a place at the table. Are you preaching, Ken? Oh.
1: Is, it, is it okay to say it? I don't. I like sometimes <laughs> when you put this out. It, it, but yeah, I want to just say it because whole life always does communion in an amazing way. And oh, this yeah. week That's and great. is this this Saturday is going to be particularly special. We're doing communion different. Okay. And I'm just going to say that. Oh. In different, I think in a way that you will really like. It's special. It's special. I have never we're
0: like I said, we're just doing it's it different. different. I was gonna
1: say I've never done it this way before. So we're Ooh. we're going to uh
0: if there was ever a teaser to leave yeah. with, it's just I've never I mean, Ken's been a pastor for what? 20 been that well, let's long? Let's see. Yet? Uh, he's never done uh, communion I started this way. in
1: 2007 officially. Officially, I, but I had done a church plant before oh, that. That's and 15 and other stuff, so anyway, whatever. But
0: that's a long time to never have done communion this way before.
1: I but I have been going to church my entire 47 years of life and I've and i and never, never done it that way, so we'll, all right. Well, now you we'll got see. me,
0: you got me curious, and that was that. I
1: think you're gonna like it. I think I, I think people will be uh, really. I think, you know. I think the most you can say when you come to church, like the biggest thing is if you leave church knowing Jesus better and feeling more connected to, to the people that you uh, that you come in contact. And I think that's. I think you know, Mm -hmm. without uh, without giving a guarantee, I'm pretty sure that's going to happen.
0: All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this week. And if you see my good friend Stanton somewhere in the lobby next week or the next couple of weeks, maybe he's the person you're going to have that conversation. But if nothing else, come up and give or him. Or just a,
1: ask him for the headshot and autograph.
0: That's headshot and autograph. Well, that's all I want right now. Uh, so I can put it in my. I can put it in the studio here. We need to start putting. the Maybe pictures we should take a of picture guests.
1: of Sam
2: before he leaves. Print out, a, <laughs> print out. Print out. You know,
0: it, you, a you gentlemen
2: are funny, and I will say thank you, Randy. Thank you. Can for your engagement and for the ministry that you have, of many ministries, but particularly the podcast and the folk that you are reaching. So for that, I say thank you, and I value both of you for your presence in these spaces. Thank you, thank, thank you. Excellent. All right, that's going
0: to do it. We'll be back next Wednesday, and in the meantime, just have a great week.
2: All right.